Hello, and welcome to the City of Fruit podcast. Fruit is used as a metaphor, not of our direct actions, but the things produced as a result of our lives. This isn't about just the things that we're accomplishing, but the true deeper meaning and lasting impact of what we're doing. This is your host, Palmer Thomas, and I'm excited to have you here on this journey with me. sitting here with John Fitch, my guest today on City Fruit Podcast. Um, John, the first question we like to ask on this podcast is what is your favorite kind of fruit? Man, what is my favorite kind of fruit? I think I eat the most of blueberries because they are full of nutrients and not too sugary and you can throw them in shakes really easily. That's great. That's a great fruit. I, I like those too. It's a good summer fruit too. It's just like, you know, they don't get, it doesn't get messy, which is nice. Yeah, it's true. Um, so John, so you, you're somebody who does a lot of different things. Um, you, you're not specifically just in the church, but you do a lot with churches. You're not specifically just in the business realm, but you do a lot with different business things as well. Um, so I guess just like briefly explain who you are, uh, in life and then also in business or what, just what you spend your time doing. Sure. Um, well, I'm a project manager by day and I, uh, help manage security and cybersecurity projects for government, retail, you know, large retailers like Nordstrom and, uh, you know, water treatment facilities, federal and state local government buildings. Uh, Kind of a serious job, you know, it keeps me busy about, you know, 50 hours a week. Um, Then I also am a musician. I teach. I have a real interest in the the spiritual journey of life. Um, I feel like every human being should be spiritually healthy, emotionally healthy, and physically healthy to operate on all cylinders. And so I uh, really have you know value in all three of those. But I think the spiritual journey is probably my favorite. Um, and um, I'm a person of faith in, uh, you know, in God. I would call myself a Christian, but not necessarily in the traditional sense, in the sense that I'm pursuing the original kind of mystic journey of Christianity before it became sort of a traditional social American club, so to speak. Not to speak down on it, but it's kind of become a a typical staged, you know, social environment in America. I'm I'm interested more in the original roots of it and how do we operate in in more of the spiritual realm of it and know who Jesus was and, you know, um, uh, experience the transformational reality of being like a spiritually illuminated person and how that changes your life, even in work or music or wherever you have influence. So um, <clears throat> I do do some teaching uh, around the world and at my church and in prison ministry. I go in there and minister to guys that are going through a lot. I also put on and coordinate events, which is kind of the crossover of you know, my project management for work, kind of going outside of the walls of, of my job, where I still get to project management, use those skills to put on events that impact community people's lives, uh, and the atmosphere of our region. That's awesome. That's awesome. I think that even, even just listening to this, and I think a lot of people that are listening to this are kind of, um, maybe young in their, in their, you know, out of college, in their business, trying to get involved, but also trying to be spiritual, trying to keep themselves healthy, but there's so much focus. It seems like you, um, you know, probably you wouldn't say you figured it all out, but like you at least understand kind of a balance or um, just the the implications and the importance of spiritual health 
within just a workplace. Like you don't work, you know, you didn't have to leave the corporate to go in and, and find something else necessarily. I guess, could you just elaborate on that a little bit? Like, Yeah, well, I, I can say I, it's it's not that I haven't been interested uh, or thought about going into ministry full-time because there's a lot of exciting things about doing that. You get to spend your time ministering to people, loving up people, pastoring, leading, preaching. All that stuff is, uh, is of huge interest to me. But I've never felt peace uh, in, in my spirit or from the Lord to leave business. I've always felt like the jobs I've had have come in really specific seasons that I'm supposed to keep going in them and give them my all, which sometimes, you know, if you feel called to travel the world and speak, to sitting in a cubicle is, can be really challenging to endure and do every day. But if you bring it from the approach of, hey, this is a season and I feel like I'm supposed to be here. This this opportunity opened up just at the right time. It's it's my provision. Um, I, I would encourage anybody listening to just give it your all because, you know, don't miss what there is to learn in any given season. And if you're at that desk, at that job, if you give it your all and you become the very best, whether you're, you know, a police officer or you're, a, you know, a substitute teacher or you're, um, you know, a mathematician or a scientist, if you give that your all and become the very best person in that role that you can, uh, there may come a day where you do shift roles and you get to do something else, but you will have learned as much as possible in that role. And it's uncanny how those skills will turn up later in life. And you're like, oh my yeah. gosh, I know how to do this because I had that job years ago and it taught me how to do that. And you can incorporate, in, incorporate it into your future and use all that knowledge to, uh, to gain uh, down the road. Yeah, that's really good. I think one thing that well, a thought I have sometimes within business and stuff is like, but what I'm doing right now isn't that important. You know, like I could be out doing other things. I could be out doing this. I could be spending time with this. What would you say about that? Like, if it is your opportunity and it's your that you've been tasked with it, it is it should be important to you. Take everything seriously that's been put in front of you. Don't take it lightly. And again, be your best self. Show up 100% to whatever you've been tasked to. Because that is the key to promotion. If you don't like that position, you don't want to be doing that forever, the way to get promoted and move on is to give it your very best, not your least. You give it your least, you're going to end up wanting doing these low-level positions the rest of your life, and you're never going to be satisfied. You give it your all, somebody's going to notice eventually you're going to move up and do something more fulfilling. That's awesome. Yeah, I love that. Um, one of the things that you that you do, uh, and I guess you'd have to explain exactly what is worship on the rocks, yeah. which was a there. It's been it's happened once so far, yeah. and it was just a massive worship and and uh, music and prayer and somebody spoke as well. I actually didn't make it to that first one. I was traveling still at that point, but um, I heard a lot about it and heard a lot of people talking about it at Red Rocks Amphitheater. Yeah, and so just explain that a little bit. Okay, well, it was a dream that was given to me. I, I heard pretty clearly from the Lord that I was supposed to bring this band called Jesus Culture to Red Rocks. They're not a typical radio Christian band. They're kind of a part of a movement of young people that are, again, looking to encounter God, and, you know, have real encounters with the living God, go out on the streets, pray for people, see miracles happen. So very, really kind of a radical movement. And I, I felt like, you know, I heard very clearly I was supposed to bring them to Red Rocks. And I wasn't even doing events at the time, so it seemed like a really tall order to take on this dream. It seemed really impossible, to be honest with you. But having impossible dreams in your life keeps you dreaming beyond your present capability and keeps you growing and moving forward. And so it's really healthy to have those dreams instead of dismissing them like, oh, that could never happen. So I said, okay, you know, I made this agreement with God. I will do whatever I can personally do. You're going to have to help me with the rest. So, you know, to make a long story short, I took little steps towards it. And then finally getting in this project management job, which I originally wasn't that excited about, 
gave me the tools to actually revisit this dream and say, you know, I think I can do this. I'm managing projects this size at work every day. I think I can take on the organizational piece and what it takes to organize something at Red Rocks Amphitheater. And uh, the results were amazing. Uh, we had a, a huge community participation. Over 12 pastors opened up the event in prayer, and people came from all over, even flew in from across the United States. Uh, we had an international television station broadcast out worldwide, and it ended up selling out. The night before the event, we found out that there was no more tickets left, which mean, meant we had sold 9,500 seats. Wow. Um, there were, had 9,500 attendees, and uh, the night was powerful. Lots of people uh, had encounters with God or with love that changed their lives. People were healed supernaturally up there. And uh, so really it became a much bigger thing than just me. And and I always told everybody, this is God's event. It's not mine. I'm just stewarding it. And uh, and he did do the heavy lifting and pull, helped me pull it together. So it was amazing, amazing journey, amazing experience. And so you're, you're doing another one this year. Yeah, September 16th, we're, we're doing another one. And uh, we're just about to you know put tickets on sale at worshipontherocks.com starting May 16th to the public. And we're really excited about it. We have some great people coming. All the artists are just super genuine, amazingly creative people. And some real legends that are going to be speaking that are just outrageously amazing people that are making a difference on our planet. So for a one night event um, at an amazing amphitheater, you know, world famous amphitheater, but you know, it's one night. It's people singing. It's different groups from around around the U.S. around the world um, coming and bringing people together. Like, why is something like that important to you? Well, when you think back in your life, you don't remember every single day of your life, but you do remember super pivotal moments where something amazing happened. And I think a night, even though it is just a night, if if the right ingredients are there and it's powerful and the environment's there and the sound is amazing and the quality of people are there and, and we're all being led into this uh, kind of larger than you encounter with with a huge community pressing into something together, wanting to see improvement and change for our community, wanting to actually know God more intimately. Um, when you have an encounter like that, it can so mark you that that scenario, that night, that experience you had will continue to teach you and train you even for years to come and shift the course of your destiny. And I have had nights like that that have changed my life. And I believe that a powerful night, you know, in God's hands can literally wreck you or change you so you can't go on doing business the same, like doing life the same. You start to live life differently just because of one night. I believe it's possible. Yeah. No, I do too. That's amazing. What What's like a, a testimony, a story that you would have? Um, maybe it's yourself. Maybe it's from an event like that. Maybe it's from the jail ministry. Um, but just like something, I'm sure you have thousands of stories you could share, but what's something that's just kind of maybe even current on your mind of just like that life change that you're talking about? And like what, why that actually, you know, like the practicalities of it, but also what does it mean to have your life changed? Like why yeah. is that, why does that matter? Okay, so, you know, I think anybody could relate to the fact that it can be hard to remember that God is real and that he's there to walk life with you. You know, um, if, if you're not a believer, maybe that comes easy because you never think about it. But, you know, even to believers, you know, people who have faith, it can be hard to, to keep the reality of the, of the, the God's real and he's there, you know, in front of you. You can start to do life and forgetting about him. And, and so I went out to Chicago. There was 20,000 people at an event called the Jesus Culture Awakening and lots of great bands. And, uh, and, um, but I had an encounter one afternoon where the lead singer was singing a song called I surrender all um and 
um, during that song, I realized I had been carrying all of my life's dreams and hopes and all that I wanted to be, wanted to grow into, uh, the achievements I wanted to accomplish in life. You know, I was holding it all so tightly and trying to force it to make it happen on my own accord. And during that song, I actually started to see, like in my mind's eye, like this picture of Jesus's face, just just vibrantly real right in front of me. And I just started losing it and crying, fell on my knees and realized I need to surrender all of my plans and stop carrying them, forcing them to happen, lay them all back at his feet, take all the pressure off of me and just let him let them happen in his time. And so how did that impact me? Well, it reminded me of the absolute reality of God because I felt his tangible presence. I saw his face, you know, again, in my mind's eye. And, and it also shifted things in my course of my journey as I walked out feeling a relief of I don't have to make my identity and my future happen. You know, I can actually like give these to God and trust that like he's going to help me with these details, you know, and um, he's going to bring them about in his timing. And it just so it just shifted the weight that I was carrying every day and this pressure that I felt and it came out feeling light and free and just able to just be myself and just relax and enjoy life for what it was, you know. Hmm. That's really, really good. Um, I think that that's something that people, you know, like like I have trouble every day once you get into the rhythms of of life, once you get into the rhythms of work and of 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 you know whatever else there is that you're doing in sports and activities and things that take your mind away from things, whatever. Um, what would you give as like a piece of advice for the best way? I think an, an eternal mindset is so important. Mm-hmm. Like living for today, living for the current, you know, the person right in front of you but also living with the fact that, you know, like the Bible talks about that this is our temporary home. Yeah. What's like the best way practically that you would say to just keep that as a focus? To keep God as a focus? To keep God as a focus, but then also to keep, you know, to keep the things not of this world, right? To keep the things um, when you are so consumed with everything, like you Mm -hmm. are, like you have Mm -hmm. 10 plus things probably going on in your mind all the time but to almost keep your spirit restful and to just keep the focus like I'm not defined by my successes in these moments. I'm not defined by my achievements and I can actually live knowing, you know, that there is an eternal. Yeah. Well, I think it was Bill Johnson that said a, uh, a carnal versus a spiritual man doesn't have, doesn't have to do with whether you have, a lot of things or material possessions, you know, that's not what makes you carnal versus being spiritual. And I know a lot of people like to throw it around, oh, I'm so spiritual, you know, but yet they're really living for their physical reality as their ultimate reality. So Bill Johnson said, it's not having a lot of things that makes you carnal. It's when you regard this present physical reality as a greater reality than heaven that makes you Mm -hmm. carnal versus spiritual. So being a spiritual person is actually living with the reality that heaven is actually more real than this dimension, this mm. physical dimension. And even quantum physics has kind of stepped in and even proved some of that, that the dimensions that we see and feel and touch, there's that there, there's these, they know of at least another eight or 10 dimensions beyond that that are connected by different distances and frequencies and realities that they said our, our dimension is so thin, it's like grains of sand between your fingers compared to some of the weight of some of the other dimensions that they've discovered. So it's not just a spiritual idea, it's, it's literally scientists, scientists are proving it that there are other realities that are even more real than this one. And uh, for me, knowing that heaven is more real than this uh, 
dimension, this reality does help give me a high level perspective on a higher level perspective of I'm living for something bigger. I'm living uh, beyond just the present pain or present inconvenience. There's a greater purpose that I'm living for. Mm -hmm. And when you talk about like I'm living for the kingdom of heaven, what that means is there's an order that we believe is present in that dimension that has no pain or suffering or sickness or disease or depression. And when you're living for that order, it's your constant responsibility and job description as uh, a representative of that kingdom to release that reality on earth so that people who are experiencing depression, we don't just avoid it, but we try to make change. We pray for them that they'll have joy or we help change their reality by by buying them something or supporting them or taking them giving them a drive or a ride to, you know, buying them some food to change their reality. So they're literally shifting more into the reality of what heaven should be on earth, which is for them to be, you know, taken care of and loved. And, and so what that does is take this spiritual concept that we get from our spiritual journey and implements it directly into this physical reality and makes change, real lasting change in people's lives, you know. Yeah. If somebody feels loved and their and their needs are being met and they feel encouraged about their future and start to have a hope and a destiny, they're going to live in such a different way than being in survival mode or just being on the streets or you know having no hope for tomorrow. Yeah. And it all starts with believing in that person, loving them when there's no reason to, and taking time for the one. You know. Yeah, I love it. Uh, last question for you then: What would you say to somebody listening to this that's that wouldn't call themselves a Christian, that? Or maybe they had or they would, but they just do not feel that God is actually like um, wanting to be involved or involved at all in their daily lives. Even maybe somebody that goes to church on a Sunday, but then lives their lives. Like, what would you say is uh, or challenge somebody with in a way that like, what's a step for somebody that's listening to this who would say, I've never experienced anything like that. I've never experienced God. Actually, I've heard about him. But like you said, it's more of a, uh, a thing to do, a cool club to go to. But you know, no, nothing has ever happened in my life. What's something that, that you would challenge people with or, or suggest or pray for people um, that, that they would know that God is actually wanting to be involved mm-hmm. in everything in their lives? Yeah, well, I think in America we have this amazing ability to insulate our spiritual needs with a bunch of products that to keep us busy, keep us entertained. But the vast majority of the rest of the world uh, lives in the at- absolute reality of a spiritual dimension we see this in voodoo and shamans in buddhism and you know it's just there's no question to these people that there's a spiritual reality and one of the reasons is because they see that that dimension responding to them in their reality it's extremely real it's not just an idea you know when voodoo things happen there are real results that happen there i mean there's a reason not it's not like 90% 90% of the world is making it up. There's stuff happening in the spirit realm. So we have to reconcile with the fact there's something bigger than us. And if there is, what is the pathway to um, navigating that spiritual realm rather than avoiding it, but embracing it in the way that is the safest, most powerful, most pure source of that you know spiritual experience? And like I said, if you choke off your spirit man and avoid the spiritual realm, you're only living at two-thirds capacity and you're doing yourself a, d- a disfavor. So as you launch into journeying into that spiritual journey of discovering your spirit, spiritual being and what, it, what it's capable of and what it should do, know what's safe and what's not safe. And what I, all I can tell you is from my personal experience is that the Holy Spirit, you know, biblical Holy Spirit is the most safe kind, you know, for you, wants you to be free, wants you to be alive, joyful, peaceful, free from your fears and your anxiety, healed from your sickness, all that. It knows you, it made you, and it, and it is the most peaceful, 
for you spirit out there that you can get in contact with. I, I know, you know, Native American animal spirits people get in touch with, they can be rough on you. They, you know, there's there's Hindu spirits that they will give you wealth, but in, in turn, they'll steal something from you and take you a family member from you, kill somebody in your family. And this is a known thing, but still people embrace it because it's all they have access to. I'm telling you, if you look past the religious traditions of Christianity in America to the original Christianity, the original Jesus, which I... I find people have issues with the church all the time, but if I ask them, what issue do you have with Jesus himself? It's people are like, well, I, I don't. He, I think he was actually a pretty good person. If you pursue that and really study that reality, you will find the most mystical, powerful, explosive, illuminating spiritual journey you could ever possibly imagine. And, and it's because it is the safe truth mm. reality that I believe everybody's destined to uncover at some point in their lives. And uh, I wholeheartedly can tell you, having been down a lot of different roads in my life, that when I found Jesus and and the spiritual journey of Jesus and the practice of it in this in the traditional sense, um, not the conservative present sense, that it changed everything for me. And I went from experiencing a lot of destruction and ugliness in life to a tremendous amount of beauty, wholesomeness, and being healed and my heart coming back together uh, and be feeling like a whole person, being a better dad, being a better leader, being a better worker everything in life turned on all the switches turned on and i'm f more fully alive now than i've ever been before yeah so i encourage you to keep an open mind i love it yeah like well like you know if there's a good there's a bad and if there's a but you know there's we we see that in the world practically like we see people doing evil things and we're like mm -hmm. that's evil and so then there's a good and and i think even in the spiritual it's not it can't all just be a loosely good what like there's no, there right. and and like you said I've seen that too the 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 you sacrifice an animal and get something in return or whatever there's there are definitely things like that that happen and there's a there's a good if when there's a co a counterfeit there's also a true and a real as well there has to be yeah it's a mis uh, it's a misnomer that everything is is positive for you to experience with the spiritual realm there are some very dark and very dangerous spiritual atmospheres you can engage in I've experienced yeah. them my dad growing up as a pastor experienced. We were in Geneva, Switzerland. People came from around the world with spells cast on them, dark demonic spirits showing up in their homes, all kinds of stuff. And the only thing that was effective to set them free was the name of Jesus, which might be surprising to some. But, yeah. you know, there is a light and a darkness, and not everything is beneficial for you. So be careful in your spiritual journey and, and find the, the, the place of, of safety and truth and life in it. Yeah. Do you have any books that you'd recommend? You seem like a reader. Any, any, any a book you'd recommend other than the Bible, obviously? Um, you know, I love the Supernatural Power of a Transformed Mind, um, put out by uh, Bill Johnson and, and Chris Vallotton wrote in it as well. This really talks about what happens when you start thinking differently and start thinking spiritually and the impact it can have on the environment. That was a really, uh, really instrumental book in my life. Um, yeah, I think uh, I think that's a good one. Yeah. yeah. Well, awesome. And then uh, Worship on the Rock, September 16th. Yep. Um, tickets go on sale soon, May 16th, you said? Yeah, May and 16th to the public. The on website worship, for that? Worshiponderocks.com. Pretty easy to remember. Yep. Amazing. <laughs> so if you're looking for a spiritual experience, maybe you're wondering, come up there. It's worth the experience just to look around and be in that space. But you'll maybe find something beyond anything you can imagine up there as we pursue God together and, and something bigger than ourselves happens. So I encourage you to explore it. Come hang out. I love it. Well, thanks so much for being on and the time. And uh, we'll get people there. I'll link that all in here. And 
uh, and hopefully people are, are, are on a journey and, and then this touches them in some way and they just hear something that, you know, I'm inspired. I'm inspired about this and, and just getting back to the trueness of, of life, not these kind of material things that, mm. that are all around us. So totally. appreciate it, John. Yeah, love it. Thank you, Palmer. Thank you again for tuning into this episode of the City of Fruit podcast. We're a young podcast, so we're in need of your help. If you'd like to financially support or have any ideas of people to have on the show or ideas to talk about, please email me at cityoffruit at gmail.com. Also, remember to follow on Instagram at cityoffruit for all the updates of what we'll be doing and where things will be posted. Please get the word out there and share this with your friends around Denver and the world. And together, we can make this a City of Fruit.